on this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show. We'll find out if Bryson Hitmonkey can save the day. If Florence Pugh's acting skills are the only major surprise in this week's Hawkeye. If Jamie Price can explain the difference between voice acting and singing to Mike. And if Jean Grey can make it out of the five-part Phoenix Saga alive. All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast that covers every live-action TV show based on a comic book, and sometimes cartoons that are also based on a comic book, whenever we feel like putting them in there, and they're not designed for kids specifically. I am your host of the day, Mike, and with me is Ryan. Ryan? I'm so glad that this opening thing that hosts have to say is getting longer and longer. That's what everybody wants, is read more awkwardness. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that any sort of reading out loud is a cool thing to do, and people really appreciate it. Everyone is really good at reading out loud, uh, so just keep throwing more in there. You did a wonderful job. Thank you. And I bet you would do a wonderful job if I ever let you. Somebody doesn't know what sarcasm is. Who? I think you did a shit job. Thank you. The shit job? That was actually sarcasm. I thought you did a wonderful job. Thank you, Mike. Going back to my original response, I want to uh, foremost and forefront let every listener know that we will not be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home today on this show. We're going to give everybody a chance to get Omicron, and we're going to talk about it on next week's show. Tell us why, Mike. Because I haven't seen it. Because you haven't fucking seen it yet. I've been on a lot of airplanes the last few days. What's it like to officially be more of like a Zack Snyder DC type fan, officially, because you have not seen this movie yet? Uh, I'm sorry that I like when things are made for adults, Ryan. Yeah. Not for little baby boys who need their Marvel. Very serious movies. Very serious film what? watcher you are. There's not enough slow-mo in Marvel movies, so they're not good. Uh, we will be talking about Hawkeye, so there is going to be spoilers for that. Uh, in the last week, Ryan, I learned about muting, so I had a lot of things muted on social media. And I, I forgot that I did that instantly and went, oh man, is this show and this movie not doing well? No, moron. The muting is working. <laughs> you muted your brain. You also, I mean, you went on a rampage. You also blocked my phone number from your phone, Cassie's phone number. You yeah. uh, blocked it so you couldn't dial 911 from your phone or any of the people mm-hmm. that you have kidnapped. What if I call 911 and then the operator's like, oh shit, did you hear that Toby does show up? It's not worth the risk. Not worth the risk. I turned my mailbox into a paper shredder, so the post office is trying to bill me for my mortgage, and it just keeps getting shredded. Not my fault. I hate spoilers. That doesn't seem like it's about Spider-Man, though. That seems specifically Hmm? designed to shred your mortgage payment. Uh, Do you know what's a spoiler? How much my house is worth every month. (laughs) You don't want to see that? I refuse to learn. (laughs) And I refuse to pay. Well, you're in the interesting situation where your house, you owe more on it every month. So... If you just shred the bills, you're going to have to still pay the amount that you already owed, plus probably a little bit more. No, I think I signed up for a thing that if I don't pay for 10 years, I'm cool and we're all cool. Oh, is that where if you shred the envelope in enough time, like within seconds yeah. of it being delivered, then it doesn't Which count? Is, 
why the very mailbox is the shredder. How many times in your life have you told a judge? But judge, I was told it doesn't count. Every time I've seen a judge. Okay, and how many times is that roughly? Don't take off your shoes and socks. Just give me a guess. Eight times a month. Eight times a month. Okay. I don't know. I go. I don't go to the courthouse more than anybody else, man. Plus, keeping track of how many times you've seen the judge and said, but judge, I was told this doesn't count, would be a spoiler to yeah. how many times you have seen the judge. And do you just mean the courthouse, or is it when I whisper it to them lovingly in their ear after we come? After you both simultaneous orgasm? It's the only way we do it, baby. <laughs> you got a weird thing with judges. I've always known that. Uh, it's the robe. It's the wig. They have a I hammer? Make them wear both. They have a hammer. And that hammer can squash a lot of nuts. Tis the season. Ryan. Ryan, what are we actually talking about today? I, uh, we have to say goodbye to Hitmonkey. And yes. I think we should also, in turn, say goodbye to everything that the Marvel Hulu-verse meant to us. Because yes. I, I think that's officially gone now. That is officially gone. We're going to hear what my conversation with uh, voice actor and musician Jamie Price. Say officially hello to them and goodbye to them. Hi-bye the classic high buy uh like uh, episode five of hawkeye titled ronin that's causing quite a stir if you don't have words muted episode 100 of riverdale episode six and seven of supered crooks x-men the animated series the end of the phoenix this is a jam-packed oh, show shit. this is a jam-packed show what do we do dicking around with our chest let's, in our get to the, let's get in our cars and drive to the rest of the show all right we're gonna do a bunch of donuts get to the rest of the show coming up first hit monkey In the final two episodes of Hitmonkey, Bryce and Monkey find each other, figure out who the real baddie is, and get help from Haruka the Rookie Cop, Yuki the Ghost Assassin, Fat Cobra the Lightning Sumo. Hitmonkey tries to kill the new Prime Minister, puts some tension in his friendship with Akiko. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. How sad are you that we're likely not continuing these adventures, and did Hitmonkey, of course, stick the landing? Two questions, and I'm just one person. So I'm going to try to do my best here, but this is... And two questions about Hitmonkey. Um, th- okay, so I will... Let's do the second one first. Mm-hmm. It stuck the landing. Boom. One, que- Boom. one question is that's out a, of the way That's like now. one of the more positive things you've said about Hitmonkey. Is it? Do, do I hate Hitmonkey? That you've been I, uh, downer on it I think it than d- Cassie and I. I think it dragged a little bit in the middle, um, as literally all of these things do. But maybe I'd have to start thinking of new things to say about television shows. I'm not going to, but... Yeah, you might just not like how TV works. Um, but this was a great ending, and I'm glad that we parsed it out um, and didn't binge it, because yeah. that's what made the whole it's the friends you make along the way thing hit so hard, that all these yes. people returned to save Hitmonkey, and they really made a point of saying, like, it's because Hitmonkey's cool, by the way. Like, we're, <laughs> we're not doing this for Bryce. We're not doing this for justice or, uh, no. you know, what is right in the world. We're doing this because Hitmonkey is a bro. Yeah. And from people from all walks of life and afterlife. Mm-hmm. And then we got an amazing scene um, of everybody on the building. And I'm starting to think that after Shang-Chi and now this, that are the sides of buildings becoming our new hallways? Yes, we have a, as they should be. We have a hallway fight to talk about later on in the episode. I think maybe we're moving away from them, which would be nice. Sides of buildings here. Sides of buildings. Spider-Man, you get so many stories. Spider Man Two probably has the best all timer, but this was good too. I 
I enjoyed that Silver Samurai at a certain point just started sprinting up the building. Mm-hmm. It really late like so many times this series was just like, wait, we're a cartoon. We're really gonna just lean into how cartoony we are. But still the monkey well, except for all the shooting and swordplay, but like he can't do that shit. He, no. He's just a simple monkey, Mike. Simple he's country just a monkey. Simple monkey. <laughs> and he's trying to play with the big boys. How did you feel about like what well, I felt they did not explain, but I was like, I don't know. It feels almost like un fair to be like well you're a cartoon you can do whatever you want suddenly everybody has hit monkey masks yeah but we haven't seen like hit monkey forever growing like v for vendetta style suddenly all these people are just into hit monkey and have the masks and they're protesting the government i was like what what are they protesting and why is hit monkey the symbol well the first time we see it he's in like he's hiding in a store as one of the masks because mm-hmm. there's a whole wall of hit monkey masks and i was right. thinking like that's really convenient no wait they're all wearing sunglasses that's that's not just a monkey mask store. That's a hip no. monkey mask store. Yes. But did they explain what the protesters were protesting? It seemed like it happened overnight. I'm not... I mean, like, the government sucks. You should always be protesting. That's true. But when he became their mascot, I'm mask I'm not sure. Talking about the animation again, I'm just jumping all around, a la hip monkey, Ryan. Uh, in the end of episode 109, there's a fight between lady bullseye and the monk and then it gets like stylized color and silhouettes fighting do you f- how, how did you feel like they're like oh they're again they're doing things that you can't normally do live action yeah and i this is part of the problem with the middle episodes of these shows is that so much of i don't want to say like they get lazy in the middle but i feel like that they use a lot of their creativity in the <laughs> first third and back third of these shows and when we're in the middle of a series like this, or many live-action series as well, Marvel, Netflix, for instance, um, there's less sort of like, what can we do to make this crazy put into there? It's just like, let's just right. use this as a bridge to get from the cool opening to the cool ending. Um, and this definitely fit in there. You know, We didn't see a lot of this throughout the middle valley mm-hmm. of the show, but we have Lady Bullseye versus Master Bonsai. Yeah. And that's a big moment. So... Let's change the animation up. Is it a different character? I there's two. I got confused because again, there there's certain like like the protest. There's certain things the show seemed to be like, and you know, because Master Bonsai I think was new, and then there's the good monk. They they had very similar robes. There's the monk who told Hit Monkey Bryce is a demon, and I think that's who she was killing. It, I I started to get very confused. I think there are two characters who look very similar. And that the show has not really dealt with either of them that much. Well, there was the first four monks. Monk A, Monk B, Monk C, and Monk D. Yeah. And then we finally dealt with Monk E. The hit monkey. The hit monkey. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> one of the nerd's favorite things uh-huh. uh, is what you just did. Uh, is fastball special. And we got one here. They even called it fastball special. Which, that is that like a common phrase? I thought that was specifically trademarked by Colossus and Wolverine. Yeah. Do you think Hitmonkey Season 2 is going to be a court case? I think so, yeah. I think that Pietro and Logan should take these asses to court. Also, I just love... The the reason why it should be a phrase is because if you pick somebody up and they don't know that you're doing a fastball special, that's really scary. Yeah, And you don't know what they're doing. So that's why, even though you know we're appropriating it from Wolverine and Colossus, that's why we I always scream fastball special when I pick you up and yeet you up a building. 
Otherwise, I just think you're doing a violent hug. Yeah. I don't know what, but now I know to like put my fists out. The other thing I'll do, too, is if I can't say fastball special, I will spin you on one finger like a basketball, and then you're like, oh, I know what's going on. I got this. This feels special, and I know I'm going to be a fastball. The way... The way... Don't... My do not form a fastball <laughs> song into some sort of line or setup for me. Just scream no. out the name of a fastball <laughs> Just scream the way. Ryan, could you name another fastball song? Yeah. Uh, the roads that we walk That's the way. Uh-huh. They did have another one. Um, <laughs> and they started. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's that one. I think that might be the way. <laughs> we got Modoc. We got Hit Monkey. We did not get Howard the Duck or Tigra and Dazzler. Yeah. And we did not get the Offenders. Are you sad we didn't get to see the true fruition? Of the animated Hulu's situation, are you like eh? I am definitely eh for a couple of reasons. Um, I I think Hit Monkey was the best. I thought Modok was pretty good, um, but we have so much other stuff. You know, like we are not in need of this kind of thing. And as we've talked about in the last couple of Hit Monkeys, it's hard not to compare this kind of stuff to Harley Quinn, and it is right far inferior to that. Also, calling it the Offenders is so offensive to me it's yeah. so stupid that it feels so 90s yeah that i'm very glad that that never happened because i did not want to seriously talk to you about a show called the offenders i don't know the, the 90s is coming back but there's certain things we can leave we don't need new metal we don't need this kind of like oh yeah this ain't your daddy's comic book everything should be our daddy's comic book yeah or eggs or whatever the fuck is it our daddy's like comics um yeah, no extreme and like none of this like jerky boys can you which is a really good Wait, reference for our audience. What if the offenders was just these five characters making crank phone calls though? Man, do people do, people who are much younger than us don't understand how important prank phone calls were I, to society. I now want to see Dazzler being like, "Well, is your refrigerator running? Well, you better go catch it, jerky." And just hang up and the cartoons laugh and laugh and laugh. How many hours have you logged <laughs> listening to Jerky Boys albums? Not as much as I've logged jerking it to the Jerky Boys, Ryan. <laughs> but you don't listen to them while you... I don't. I put it on mute and just watch the videos. Did they have videos? Who knows? I have no idea. I, w- with these going away, what are the chances now, do you think, that we'll see these characters, the offenders, show up more and more on the, the true MCU? This iteration of them? Uh... No, no, no. But like Hit Monkey himself. Or... The reason I'm kind of asking is I've heard rumors now that Corey Stoll is coming back to Ant-Man Quantumania, uh-huh. but he is going to be MODOK. Right. I have heard that. I've And then also Jim Carrey was being talked to as well about that. Um, I don't know how much to how much stock to put in these rumors, but maybe it's just that we forget the ones that don't come true, but it really feels like the vast majority of them do come true. Once it, once it yeah. hits like this very surface level of our news media intake that it's a pretty safe bet. Um, I just don't think that this show coming out or Patton Oswalt or Hulu or anything has anything to do with that decision making. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they weren't like the test run. People are like, all right, they like Modoc. Yeah. Let's do them in. If you told the producers of Ant-Man 3 that there was a Modoc show on Hulu, there's a good chance that they had no idea. One of them's like, I've been telling you guys. Shut up, Jared. God damn it. Somebody get Jared the fuck out of here before I throw remote control at his head. 
I we don't normally do this for our main segment, Ryan, but it is gone forever. The Hulu animated shows are gone forever. Even though Akiko is now the new lady's bullseye, and they definitely were setting up a season two. That was another thing that was not set up very well. Like she yeah. saw that her uncle was terrible, right? He was terrible, and then he grabbed a gun. And so Hitmonkey shot him. It was no longer him just murdering him. It was self-defense at that point. Right. The uncle killed, set up the hit on her father. Yeah. And also was in love with the monkey. So maybe they just needed a way to get out of that, that she wanted to fuck that monkey. Um, But yeah, and then she puts on a mask, So, which is like the obligatory thing you have to do, even if you know there's not a season two coming. You just got to make people go, oh, mask. Right. So uh, final word is where I was leading before we got to that. Do you have a final thought about Hit Monkey? Yeah, there's a part in this these two episodes in the end um, where, uh, by the way, <laughs> before I get to that, did you see the graduate ending? Just before we get to Lady Bullseye, Bryce and Hit Monkey are like, so we're back and I guess we're together. And then it just holds on them, like not loving that it idea. was odd. And I think in, in the episode in 109 that they're in an elevator and it was very similar to that, where they're just like, oh, it's good to see you, it's good to see you. And then it just showed them in an elevator going down, not talking. So there's like a subtle hitting it like, there's going to be moments where you're excited to see your friends, but think about it. Just really think about it. I, I would say to both of them, love the one you're with, because they don't. the two of them don't have a lot of options. Um, but there was a moment that I will give my moment of the week, because I think it summed up what this show sort of was, to me, the surprises. Um, Bryce does something nice. Nice Bryce, and is finally like floating up to heaven. And he's saying all this stuff, giving his like final words, um, even though it's not in the poll list. You're not supposed to have a final word. But uh, he's moving up. And then I thought what would happen, because of not just Bryce's history, but also what mm-hmm. most shows do, is then after all these nice things, send him straight to hell. You know, right. like visually, I think he does end up going to hell, but like visually just send him right down as almost like a laugh moment. Right. And. I think I was very impressed with the show never really doing anything like that. We talked a lot mm-hmm. about how it does rise above its premise. Um, and that's the kind of thing that it just never felt like it had to resort itself to is those right. quick, cheap jokes. Cheap jokes, yeah. Instead of continuing to develop the characters in the way that they already had been. And talking, because we talked about their stuff that they rush a little, the nice price moment that I'll call out then and a mark of why this is a pretty good solid season TV is. We know salt hurts him. We thought it was killing him, but he learns it hurts a lot, but makes him physical. Right. And so he just starts dumping salt on himself to fight Lady Bullseye. And this is the most selfish person we've met in this show and doing that. And it it was pretty subtle. It wasn't like, see all he learned? But Bryce in the first most of this episodes would not have done this. It all felt very natural. Like now he's actually sick of being on the sidelines. He wants to help his friend. And he's burning himself like he's some sort of slug with salt. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I do think that the plot lost its way often. And it was complicated, you know? Like, we've talked a lot about how Chinatowny it tried to be at points. But the characters separately and together of Bryce and Hitmonkey were really well done. That's it's crazy. That is crazy. Ryan, before we move on to the poll list, I know you do have a website you've been talking about more and more and more. Do you want to pitch it to the audience? Sure. Um, the Bryce uses, as Mike, you mentioned, this secret power. Um, and like he finds this secret white dust to help him become like corporeal and be able to hit, mm-hmm. or non-corporeal, and be able to hit uh, Lady Bullseye. Uh, what did you call it? 
salt? Right. Okay. So uh, my website is whitedust.net, but uh, we have a lot of that stuff that we can sell you. Mm. If you were looking to, if you knew a ghost and you wanted to, ours is very expensive because it does yes. make a ghost be able to punch people. But yeah, uh, we've got pounds of salt for sale on whitedust.com. And you keep saying we, and who who's that endeavor with you? Oh, I've just locked up some of the biggest uh, tech gurus in all of Ooh. Silicon Valley. Don't worry about it. Good for you guys. But I mean... They're more like the behind-the-scenes money people. Even though they have created websites, they said, this is on you, right, Ryan? Yeah. They they gave you naming rights and website they're responsibilities. giving me a lot of startup money, um, a, mm-hmm. a lot of venture capitalism going on. A lot of angel investors are happening right now. Man, you are in the world now. You get it. So my, I, I want to start selling salt pretty soon, and it's going to be sweet. I want this to succeed for you because looking at your life, you need a win. But... I don't know if you could do this on your own. Well, again, I do have the investors who said that I mean, we've locked down uh, Jemf Dugan, mm-hmm. and we have locked down uh, Derglis Firth, and, the, and the, I mean, you don't, those are two very. Give me one more. <laughs> we also have uh, Computer Jones. Three very impressive angel investors from Silicon Valley, but I don't know if they have the tech know-how. To do a website, so I'm going to hand you off to my friends Cybersprout.net. Uh, if you you're going to use WordPress because everybody loves WordPress, there's e- the Cybersprout.net. They're going to hook you up with easy to edit fields, Ryan, custom templates, drag and drop tools. You will have the power to keep your site current because we all know when you're the salt game, things change every day, and you need to keep that site updated. Uh, they're going to handle security for you. They're going to handle backup maintenance. Uh, they're going to just really. Let you handle the business and creative side you want to be focused on when it comes to white dust. You know what Jemf Durgan told me the other day? What did Jemf say? He walked up to me and he was like, hey, you know what's cooler than a million dollars? I was like, what? And he was like, salt. Classic Jemf. Jemf Durgan, dude. That's why he's a visionary. And that's why Cybersprout is your partner for Digital World. Ryan, when we come back, your interview with Jemf Durgan. <laughs> Ryan, it is the pull list where we watch every other show that came out this week, or at least review them, starting with The Flash. In the thrilling conclusion of Armageddon, Barry must decide whether to let his greatest enemy die or save his life. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. Hasn't Eobard Thawne already died in the show a bunch of times? I believe so, yes. I think so that... why is this a big deal? Is it like that South Park kills Kenny? Kenny? I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> Great job, Mike. You got you watched the first four parts of the Flash five part miniseries. Yep. I blame the Flash. Maybe hook me even harder. Maybe don't let me have a family and it be the holiday season, Flash. Or maybe think of something else to do other than kill Eobardon. That's another moral quandary for Barry. Everybody loves that. I would like to move off at least his character and his name as soon as possible because last week we did spend a solid 12 or 13 minutes uh, making jokes about his name that neither one of us understood what the other one was saying. So <laughs> I don't remember any jokes. So good, 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 good. The Flash is on Tuesdays on the CW. It's on the holiday break now, so look out for 2022. Coming up next is Young Justice, colon, Phantoms. On this week's episode of Young Justice, colon, Phantoms, Vandal agrees to let Clarion summon Starro. Meanwhile, Beast Boy gets addicted to sleeping pills. Taste buds, I ask you this. If you could turn into any animal, 
What drug would you get addicted to? Oh, probably white dust. Salt? I'd be a naked mole rat just chowing down that white dust. Oh, okay. So you uh, you will imbibe through your mouth? Yeah. Okay. You're not a snorter? No. Oh, not maybe a- an anteater. Oh, change it to an anteater. Gotcha. Yeah. Anteater. Snort that shit. <laughs> Wait. Do they have noses or do they just have long mouths with tongues? I assume they have noses. I'm not hey, gonna fucking look this up. Hey giraffe, watch the fuck out, because Ant Eater's coming for you as far as yeah. stupidest looking thing of all time. Stupid and his name lets you know the one thing anybody needs to know about it. Ryan, what if you were just like known as burrito bowl eater and nobody <laughs> cared about anything else about your life? I we're so close to that right now. <laughs> not that I don't have other interesting things going on, but everyone only wants to talk to me about my burrito bowl eating. They're like, look at how what his tongue does while he eats it yeah the first question we talk about anything else the first question is always do you have a nose or do you just have a long mouth with a tongue (laughs) that sucks up those burrito bowls and you go girl only one way to find out people are interested because first of all i won't let anybody film it you have to come and watch me but uh they come and watch because i can shuck a burrito bowl like it's a clam Mm -hmm. or an oyster i can just all in one go with your mouth with my mouth your freakish mouth nose no with my butt yes with my mouth you're not you're not so uncouth you would try to use your butt. If you swallow a burrito bowl in one bite, you should see what happens on the other end. It comes out as a burrito. As one burrito, yes. Full tortilla wrapped, tin foil. Well, it's double wrapped. Come on. You got to double wrap. You got to double wrap. Bursting. Those. Yeah. Ryan, Young Justice is of course on Thursdays on HBO Max. Next up is Riverdale. On the 100th episode of Riverdale. Mike, you're never going to believe this. Do you want to get Greg on the phone? I beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. He says no. Okay. Jughead sets out on a quest to discover the wicked truth about Riverdale. Taste buds, I ask you this. What do you think that wicked truth... Or the r- wicked truth about River Vale. River Vale. Uh, I'm going to guess that River Vale is a pocket universe within Riverdale. And that they all knew they were on a TV show. It's close, but maybe better. Jughead doesn't know. Jughead's figured out that something's going on, right? And now everybody who was dead is now alive again. Uh, Dilton Doily, he's back. Uh, Ethel, she's back. What? Barb from Stranger Things, she's here. Those are season oneers. Um, the actor who replaced Reggie after season one, both of them are in this episode. Both Reggies. Both fucking Reggies. It's into the Riverdale verse up in this bitch. Into the who, Reggie. Into the Reggie verse. Who's the, who's? Oh my goodness. Uh, how does Jughead figure out what he's going to do, Mike, in order to save the day? How does he, he do it? He finds a box of Riverdale comic books and just starts reading. Oh, shit. Or Archie comics, rather. Uh, just finds a big old, I'm going to go to the fucking corner store and I'm going to get a stack of Archies. Chasing Amy. Kevin Smith, 1997. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, and then he is going, he's going to make it so both universes can live. But Riverdale is fiction. Not like the very real Riverdale. So how can Jughead make both universes live, Mike? What's the one thing that the fictional universe needs? Uh, more stories. More stories. So Betty locks him in a room with a typewriter, and Jughead must type for the rest of time. Because there's two Jugheads, right? I'm there's guessing? two Jugheads, yes. Okay. So there's the one who is narrating, and then there's the one who is doing stuff. I think the one who's narrating is the one who's now trapped in a room, forced to type forever. And then, so when we go back to Riverdale, is this... Don't even River start questions Vales like that. Jughead? Don't even fucking start to ask questions like that. 
ask don't you not ask these which reggie is the real reggie this is bananas yeah i might Are have to right watch watching it? it i might have to watch riverdale this week for no reason for no reason or are we going to watch the one before that? To, yeah, I'm going to watch the whole five Coleman. thing. Five episode run. Whatever. It's the holidays. Are for. Yeah. <laughs> it say. sucks that we only talk over each other, but it's nice that we say the exact same things that we <laughs> yeah. do. There's a word for that. It's called like uh, being friends. Mm. <laughs> Up next, Ryan. No, wait. Riverdale's on Tuesday in the CW. Up next is Super Crooks. On the sixth and seventh episodes of Super Crooks, Carmine and his crew steal a plane and fly off to rescue TK, who's on a heavily guarded aircraft protected by Gladiator. Then, while waiting for the final member of their crew to show up, Carmine shares his plan with everyone else and gives them one last chance to drop out. Taste buds, I ask you this. Does it seem like not that much happens on this show? One episode yeah. is just sharing a plan. On the other cartoon animated show, excuse me, I didn't mean to use the C word, uh, Beast Boy gets addicted to drugs. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> this one, we're just we're sharing plans. It's just a PowerPoint presentation that somebody's <laughs> monologuing through, oh, monotoning. Can I give this piece of advice to all of the criminals out there, whether they're animated or elected? After you plan a crime on a PowerPoint, delete the fucking PowerPoint. Delete that PowerPoint. They are also no- delete PowerPoint. It's all about. Google presentations now, baby. If you use Google Slides, you can delete that too. You can delete it. It's going to go in your trash. It's not going to disappear for 30 days. So then you want to go to the trash and delete it from there. But this is all some basic ass shit that you would think your average elected official would know when they're planning a coup of the United States of America's government. Crime loads are dumb, man, whether they're animated or elected. (laughs) I want that to be the end of every sentence we say. Uh, Super Crooks is on Netflix. We are covering it twice a week. And if you're watching it, I guess you should do that as well. Your final show of the week, Ryan, is Hawkeye. In the dark night of the soul part of Hawkeye, Kate decides she doesn't have what it takes to be a superhero before a casual dinner with Elena changes her mind. Meanwhile, Clint puts back on the Ronin suit to convince Maya she needs to stop. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. How badly do you want a Kate and Elena spinoff show now? I... About halfway through the conversation, because the first half is a little cringy. It's a little uh, bantery, you know? Mm. Um, But then they get into their groove, and these are both not just capable actresses, but maybe the two best of their generation. Yes. In this scene on a Disney Plus show about Marvel characters. Um, That sounds so derogatory. You know, I love all this shit. But once they get into it, I begin to not understand why people are worried about the future of the MCU now that the Chris's are gone and Tony Stark is gone. To have an Avengers movie with, and this is our Hawkeye and this is our Black Widow, would yeah. be fucking spectacular. And delightful. I, I know that they're only, uh, you know, they're only running because Scar Joe and. Jeremy fucking Renner could walk, but those are not the two most dynamic characters that the history of cinema has ever offered us. The original no. Hawkeye and Black Widow. These two have taken those characters, given them personality, and why would you be concerned? I don't want personality in my Marvel movies, Ryan. Uh, we knew Natasha and Clint were friends because both of them would constantly scream at each other and everybody else that they are friends. Right. And even though they are enemies and sort of tried to kill each other, Kate and Yelena smolder in friendship charisma. Don't, they don't need to say that to people, ever. They don't need to be like, oh, well, we, we feel like we've known each other forever, and we should have plot lines that revolve around it. We got it. We got the scene. I will say, 
as much as I'd like to just talk about this scene the whole time. Uh, big, I, I'm a big dog when it comes to Jeremy Renner. I dog him a lot. Not a big fan. Everybody knows that. But his scene talking to Natasha, I thought, is some of the best work he's done in the MCU. He's usually had a scene or so per episode where he's getting, he's gotten a little bit to do. Really, like it's either with by himself often or yeah. with Haley Eisenberg, um, where you can see how he used to be a respected actor capable of carrying scenes. And I'm not, I've never been in, uh, as down on him as you are. I think right. that this is a Hawkeye problem. I think that this is a Clint Barton problem mm-hmm. where they basically started it off. We're not going to do that blonde fucking fuck boy sleaze bag from the comic books. And, and they, But they didn't insert what you should do. And then, yeah. Then. And then we got nothing in return. So I blame Renner half the other half, let's mm-hmm. say Feige. But yeah, I would say average of a scene a week where he's killing it. I like. I mean, I like him in general in this show, Hawkeye, and that makes sense more than the rest of his MCU career. I, I think he's doing better than one scene, but I, I think there's one scene in episode where you're like, oh shit, that's why they hired this guy. Right. Well, plus, when he was hired, every franchise was contractually obligated to hire oh, him. Man. Remember when he was going to be the next everybody? Yeah. That was a crazy time in our lives. To the point that he was like, I should make a Jeremy Renner app. If Hawkeye was like 10 years older, like the franchise, then maybe Clint Barton would, or Jeremy Renner would leave it, and then they would have no choice but to hire Jeremy Renner to replace him. Now I'm Hawkeye. Whoa! <laughs> Ryan? Yeah. This is spoiler territory. I don't know. We, we spoil things here, folks. Uh, so stop listening. To the, no, jump ahead to my interview with Jamie if you don't want to hear this. Uh, because of talk about Uncle, because of Fat Man Auto... Because of uh, him being very not so coy on Twitter, uh, oh, Kingpin was coming to town, and now Hawkeye and his wife were talking about how scary that is. And then we just see a screenshot of Eleanor Bishop with uh, the Kingpin, and Vincent D'Onofrio's name is in the credits. <laughs> how <laughs> pumped were you? In the opening credits? No, no, that would suck. <laughs> in the end credits, uh, that would have been hilarious. Mike, this feels like the kind of time of year where Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm-hmm. The big man. Old Saint Nick. But now you're telling me that Kingpin is coming to town, and he did, on in the best way possible that you ever want to make a surprise cameo, a picture on a flip phone. <laughs> Just so such grainy clarity. It was amazing. Well, that's why I was like, okay, good. It's Vincent D'Avrio when I saw his name in the credits, because I was like, that could literally be anybody. That could be my co-host, Ryan, <laughs> in a white suit. Um, I... I sort of figured this out when Kevin Feige said, and there's no reason, it just sort of clicked, that if Daredevil was in the MCU, it would be Charlie Cox. And then, why, why say that at all? I don't know. But then at that point, I was like, all right, so somehow you've spoiled Vincent D'Onofrio being in Hawkeye for me. <laughs> I think he did, but did you see the, the end credit image then? Yeah, that's what Vincent D'Onofrio um, tweeted before yes. the show came out. <laughs> was it before it came out? I love him. There's something about him that no part of me gets mad. I find it lovable. Does this mean, though, if Vincent D'Onofrio is playing Kingpin in the MCU, that Sugarwater from Men in Black cannot be part of the MCU? He can do double duty. Josh Brolin, man, he was Cable and Thanos. Cable's not in the MCU, Mike. Shit. Open your fucking textbook and learn a thing. Sugar. Water. Maybe James Brolin can be Sugarwater, and that'll solve everything. Yes. Does that mean we also get... Come on, Edgar. His the, wife? Yeah. His wife is coming along for sure. Also roommates with Elaine Bannis for a while, who is also in the MCU. 
Whoa, it's all connected. It is all connected. What's a, the deal with it all being connected? I have a... Speaking of that, <laughs> casting issues aside, <laughs> sorry. Of, what, were you trying to order sugar water? What happened there? I accidentally fell into a, a washing machine. Um, casting issues aside, maybe it's hard to get Elaine Bennis to be in the show, but is Vera Farmiga, is Elaine... No, Eleanor Bishop and Elaine Bennis working together? I think so. It, I'm, my guess, based on this, is that Viv, the Countess, I forget what her name is, Val, it's, Countess Val. She has like seven names. Is hiring out her team of Dark Avengers, don't call them that yet, but that's what they're going to be, uh, to other people. And then Eleanor Bishop uh, put put the hit out on, and, and like, yeah, they know each other. It's all connected. And is Bishop the queen? The and- king queen? Playing Wait. everybody like pawns. Queen pin? <laughs> not the king queen? Is she the king of queens? I have another prediction, Mike. Or not, this is not a prediction. I'm just throwing this out there to you. Hawkeye or Clint calls his wife and says, I'm still trying to get that Rolex. I'm going to miss Christmas. And she's like, hey, no one understands this more than you. Why did she say that? She says more than me. More than me, yes. I think... And nothing. She only showed up in one or two movies. I think the the, the not retconning. We're just learning more about her that she was a shield agent as well. Uh huh. I think this might be the MCU's Mockingbird. What if this is the MCU's Black Canary herself, aka Mockingbird, Adrian Padalecki? <laughs> she has so many names as well, just like the Countess. Do you think that's an actual thing that might actually happen? I think so. I think in the final episode, we'll see her put on her famous costume a t-shirt that says this is what feminism looks like um and then also i'm starting to think more and more i would not bet money on this but i'm starting to think more and more that clint is dead you think he's gonna die in the next step yeah well there's a few it's knowing the comics is always fun and bad uh because do you know who kaz kazi is in the comics ryan who's been maya's number two uh-uh. in the show uh he's a little character named the clown that's the clown's real name okay do you know who that is? No. There's a shot of a guy grabbing two arrows and shoving them straight into Hawkeye's head. Oh, and that's the clown? That's the clown. I'm looking this up right now. He's been very not clownish in this. I've liked this guy's role. I've liked his performance, but I keep being like, every time he shows up, I'm like, but I know who you are in the comics, and you are terrifying in the comics. Well, I'm going to say that he's not the clown in the show, but... They just took the name. Yeah, but uh, Maya did make a big deal of, like, why weren't you at yeah. my father's execution by Ronan? And, and he did not do a good cover for <laughs> hanging out year, with like, her for years. What? Oh, oh, no, uh, why would you even ask me this right now? Hey, look how much handkerchief is coming out of my sleeve. It never ends. I am pretty pumped for Echo. And though I've loved Hawkeye. I've been a big fan of it. But so, there's sometimes thinking about it, I'm like, man, are my favorite parts of Hawkeye just previews for Echo? Well, I mean, there's a lot of naysayers who say that that's literally everything in the MCU. No! Then I take it back. I've loved every second of it. You sound like a goddamn naysayer. I will refuse to say nay. Ryan? Yeah. That's all the time we have. Do you have a moment of the week? Uh, Besides Yelena's accent, which, as much as I love her as an actress, is Florence Pugh doing SNL-level Russian accents here? For her own amusement. Hello, I made macaroni. You want... I enjoy go to circus, watch juggling bear. Um, my there's a to cheap- be fair, everybody enjoyed juggling bear. Yeah, you're not gonna hate juggling bear. 
Um, there's a scene that is on the precipice of being stupid when two tracksuits are in the truck discussing the most famous. Do we have to say one? This is my moment of the week. <laughs> uh, discussing the most famous tracksuits in history. <laughs> And this is kind of a cheesy thing to do, but then one of the Bro. tougher guy is like, "Is this even important?" And the, the second guy takes a beat and he's like, "Yes, yes, it is." <laughs> he really thinks it's important to know the history of pop culture tracksuit <laughs> wears. It's, it's, I loved it. I love that scene. Uh, this is on Wednesdays on Disney Plus for one more week. I also have a feeling too, it. Mike. Um, I'm going to say this to all our listeners and to you as well. Do not wait on this one you know the last no. the last episode of mcu shows are a big deal this one is going to get blown like spoiled out of the water for us if we don't watch it immediately and i don't want to take any pot shots at former mcu shows but because of the street levelness it won't end in my purple fights your blue mm-hmm. we're just making growly faces at each other while not really acting i think we're gonna see some sick shit here i swear to god if kate and eleanor fly into the air and start shooting lights at each other i'm gonna freak out <laughs> I quit. Then I'll become full-on Snyder guy. Shit. Don't say things like that. <laughs> All right. We're going to take the quickest of breaks when we come back. X-Taz. Welcome to X-Tasmania, bitch. The show within a show covering X-Men, the animated series, the primetime Saturday boarding soap opera of the early 90s. Emperor Dekan gets the power of the M-Cran crystal, creates a universe within that will slowly take over the galaxy. The X-Men and the Starjammers get sucked in and have to fight a now godlike Decan. Meanwhile, the Earth is reacting poorly to the nearby new universe, and only Gene can put a stop to everything in the thrilling conclusion to the Phoenix Saga. Ryan. That's, yes. That's what it is. I, I, I never know how to start these things. Okay, Cassie's so, such a pro. I don't know how she starts these things. So when we first start off, first of all, it's uh, two minutes of previously on and two minutes of opening titles. And I'm not yes. taking anything away from... Like we we need those, but that leaves us with fourteen minutes of show. <laughs> but you know what? For how I'm going to say bold and experimental this episode was, that's okay that it was only fourteen minutes. I cannot wait to get into how you think it's bold and experimental. But uh, basically, what you do, Mike, is you say when we when the episode starts off, we're fighting a giant Dokken, Dakan, 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 Dakan. And the X-Men are doing their fucking thing of... One at a time. Let's just attack one at a time, guys. You're supposed to be a team. I love... (laughs) One of my favorite X-Men lines ever now is, as they're doing that, he says, You fools, your foolishness amuses me. (laughs) And nobody razzes his ass? I think that what it is is, like, why... Why attack with full power if we think we should at least try to beat him one at a time? Right. And therefore we don't have to take all the time to team up. But it's not like, again, mutant powers cost money. No. Just go it's not, do it. You don't have to play video game rules yeah. and like save your spells. Uh, and so he they, they, that fight is out of it, and then he gets sucked into the crystal, and then they're like, oh, no. And Jean says, I'm the guardian. Teach me to. And then she goes, wah! And then she gets sucked into the crystal as well. This incredibly stirring, <laughs> dramatic uh, soap opera that these five episodes have been just touching and emotional and uh you and i we've been all over the place crying but it's very hard to not laugh when gene and her very serious voice is only i may do <laughs> and then flies right into the fucking crystal <laughs> and then the, the sun starts to fade and jubilee's freaking out and storm's like i guess i'll do what i can to help with all the climate disasters here on earth 
And Professor X is very calm. And he's just like, don't worry. To Storm and Jubilee, he's like, the X-Men will fix this. It feels very weird and pointed for him to not say, the rest of the X-Men will fix this or can save us. I feel like he's letting them know that he does not consider them part of the team. But it's... uh the reason that Professor X is able to stay so calm, Mike, and you would know this if you were around in the 90s, is that he has in front of him a computer screen and a keyboard with 16 green buttons that are unmarked. Mm. And he just wildly touches those green buttons and types, save the world. And that, that's how it works. So without, that seven, without those 16 green buttons, Mike, you're probably going to freak out a little bit. I would freak out. I think... Maybe 13 of those buttons are for saving the world. Three of those buttons are to change outfits because he is in a different outfit. He switches between like combat suit with X's on the shoulders and suit and tie like every other scene. Well, it was also his sweet 16th birthday. So he needs to yeah cycle out outfits every hour or so. That makes sense. While he is cycling the outfits and Storm is saving the entire world while the rest of her team is uh, not around... Gambit, the one I think one of the most actually like emotional hit points is Gambit and Rogue just go to kiss because they think they're about to die, and till they get like hit on the head, and yeah, then they, they get sucked into the crystal as well. Then they get bogged, and then they go, ah! <laughs> and then yeah, after everything's crumbling, Gambit ends up on top of Rogue, and he's like, "Oh, this is a pretty sweet way to die." And I've something clicked for the first time. Gambit's a virgin. The mm-hmm. only people who talk to anybody like this the only people who uh treat people like this he has never had sex before he doesn't know how to talk about it or talk to other people i think that this is a real thing and it's because he stinks he smells bad he is a smelly smelly cajun uh they're in the microverse and dakan is god gene is a pancake it's a real quick flash and it doesn't shiver but she is flat 2d pancakes now i understand we're watching 2d animation (laughs) but i swear to god there's got to be a way to draw clothes on the ground that are like I, I think it was on purpose. On. I think it was showing his powers That's, that she is Pancake Jean. <laughs> because Cyclops, when they're they're all in the crystal, and Cyclops turns to Wolverine and says, I never thought I'd say it, Logan, but there's nothing we can do. <laughs> that was a crazy moment. <laughs> I, I think that they should say that more often to each other. Just be like, bitch, we're we're so dust. But yeah. Cyclops just looks at him and's like, Yeah, we're we're fucked, bro. So so the reason I said this was like a bold, uh, I forget my actual quote, but pretty experimental is like you this said that cartoon. This, this saved civil rights. This saved civil rights because it's mutants. Uh, hello. The weird, the, the, the fight now within the crystal showing that Dakan is God between the X-Men, Dakan, and the 1,000 star jammers that are also in the crystal now. Including uh, not Chod. I always thought his name was Chod. C-H apostrophe O-D. His name is Chode. And, uh, is that the green guy? He's Cor- Chode. Yeah, that's Chode. And Corsair screams out Chode for the entire... <laughs> Chode, Chode, come here, Chode! Blast Chode! Blast them on my Chode! Uh, yeah. It's all the, the, the crazy, like, Dakon's face is in the rock, so now there's a thousand rocky Dakons, and then his face is in the sky. It's just like, they really leaned to Jack Kirby-style weirdness yeah. inside the crystal. I think that, that this is sort of the point I was waiting for, and we can talk about this later, about the whole five-episode arc, but I think that we have been dragged down a little bit in the sort of like the just the talking and the explaining and not mm-hmm. as much in the weird. And this is what always gets me with space stuff is i feel like anytime any any it's not just x-men it's any franchise goes into space this hard sci-fi it's just non-stop talking with words that i've never heard before and 
writers love writing them, and so we yeah. have to sit and watch them. But this, Again, this episode, got I had to funky. figure out how to pronounce. Dakon took control of the Mkron crystal. It was all annoying and dumb. Uh, speaking of that, did you notice that once again X Men predicts the future our time? Like they already predicted the J six. Uh-huh. What happened. did they do this time? Um, Cyclops would be like, "Oh my god, it's what is the name the the thing that's going to change everything? What is that name of the crystal? It's it's uh, the variant crystal. It's going to change everything." And Beast is like, "Oh, Macron." Omicron. Oh my god. It, it did it again, Mike. X-Men we should probably start watching these faster then. Yeah, so I think know what's coming. It's up to us to save the world by watching X-Men. Uh so Earth is getting even worse while this is happening. Uh and Storm says to Xavier, she's like, It's as if the Earth has gone mad and she's screaming in her very melodramatic storm way and just says, Calm yourself, Storm. And then we get a montage of heroes around the world also fighting. And Including we get Sunfire, Sunfire right? Yeah. Sunfire and Mount Fuji, a Storm Sun in Africa, Flashback. War Machine, and then Alpha Flight. Well, War Machine's not alone there, bud. Who is with War Machine? I don't it, I don't want to spoil anything for you because you 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 really are you you blocked me from saying the SM word, but uh Sadomasochism? A red hand comes out and this hand is gloved. <gasps> and has webs on it, and it no. does a little thwipping to save people. Whip, whip. I right. really focused it on War Machine. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but this was basically a Spider-Man episode. Do you think it captured his spirit? His hand uh, quickly yeah. thwipping? Yeah, I think yeah. that it's, it's all that there is. And this is when you became a Spider-Man fan, right? Today was it. I, I meant when you watched it as a kid, but today, yes. I saw No Way Home yesterday, and I was like, eh. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. But when I saw that hand this morning, I was like, fuck yes, Spider-Man. Oh, shit. I get this guy. Whip, whip, bitches. Uh, Is that another Kevin Smith reference? Is that two (laughs) today? It's a lot. Uh, Back at the crystal, the phoenix comes back, and the fucking smiles on Psyche and Wolverine is the goofiest, doofiest they have ever looked. They should actually just jerk each other off. That would save them so much time. And then Jean starts sucking the power out of the crystal, and then the X-Men, she thinks of the X like, Beast, your wisdom, and Professor, your guidance, and Scott, your love. She like calls out one thing about each of her team, and uh, but then they do this weird, like, I want the poster. There's all these weird leaves, and then the X-Men are like falling in her mind, and it's a cool pose, Ryan. It's, it's cool. It's <laughs> so bold. Such a new bold direction for this episode. <laughs> Shut up. That's why I try not to do anything. Jean takes it to the center of the sun and all the X-Men are crying and then Charles is like, hey, little Andrew, stay. And she says, no, but you should come with me. And then he says, no. Jean says, <laughs> there's a lot of breaking up in this episode. Jean says, I'm going to take it to the center of the sun. That's not going to be enough. I have to sit inside of the sun with it. <laughs> uh, and then, Mike, does Jean deliver the greatest breakup line of all time? Have you ever done this to somebody? Um, where I'm going, you cannot come with me. That That's going to work every yeah. time. But you just mean Riverside? Yeah, I, I'm going <laughs> You're to Riverside. Moving to Pomona. <laughs> uh, that is a good line. Uh, Wolverine reacts the weirdest because he pulls out a picture of Scott and Gene and looks at it and goes, Gene. <laughs> What's crazy is that it's just because Cyclops is wearing denim. Uh, you're right. He's he didn't just even really notice Gene Gray. Scott's in the picture. butt. <laughs> Jeans. 
Uh, and then Xavier tries to like placate Scott. They're on the. They're still in Scotland. They're on the roof of the castle. Scott's looking all sad out of the horizon. He's like, "Well, have you heard the legend of the Phoenix?" And Cyclops says, "I don't care." And then Xavier just tells him it anyway. He says, "I'm not interested in legends right now." <laughs> and then Professor X, without missing a beat, says, "Well, once upon a time," and just tells the legend. I got um. <laughs> In the battle, the final battle on the weird plane with uh, Duken, uh-huh. I got Centurion vibes. Centurion. I think I might be dating myself as older than you, but do you remember that cartoon at all? No. It was like, uh, it was like Barbarian, but there was also a Globby Ghost, but there was also like Rock Monsters. <laughs> okay. Sure. Globby Ghost, Barbarian, Rock Monsters. Rock uh, Monster! It, does it sound like something that you would watch? Of course. I'd watch it now. Okay. I'm going to send you a picture of the Centurions. But you, you think they were like, hey, the kids liked that a couple years ago. Let's do that. I guess. It was before my time. Like This was late 70s, early 80s. So oh, I don't really? think it was... We weren't as much into nostalgia as we were now when we're covering a cartoon show from 1992. Uh, the best cartoon show from 1992. Ryan, I think we've covered everything. Before we do awards, we've watched the Phoenix Saga. Did it hit as hard as you remembered it hitting in the, the the back in the day well there was a couple times throughout the last five weeks where i was like oh this is not the dark phoenix saga there's no dark yeah. in it um and i think that that took me a while to get over i'm very excited for that that is coming soon i think there's like three episodes and hey, then the dark phoenix saga. if starts. you're gonna tell me that the dark phoenix saga is coming then you have some really shitty graphics please and then have oh, the words slowly float you up. know what i'm gonna badly photoshop something and thank you to you <laughs> The what I do think this got right then, because the movies, the two movies that have tried to do Phoenix, they tried to do Phoenix Saga and Dark Phoenix all at once. And what this does and three other us, stories as well, right? And that's stupid. This let us know how powerful the Phoenix is, which we have to know before. And now she can go bad. I think we will be fonder of these five episodes once we watch the Dark Phoenix Saga. I. <laughs> I totally agree. I just think that, although, like, that being said, and it's such a good idea to, like, lay, lay, lay this foundation before we get into it, mm-hmm. I think that we had enough with Deken and Lalandra, and to then throw in not just the Star Jammers, but also uh, F- Red Daddy, Big Red Daddy. Big Red Daddy, Guardian. Uh, Guardian. Um, and then don't forget uh, Black Tom Cassidy and Juggernaut yeah. in an episode. Uh, Banshee was here. Um, that was a lot even for these five episodes. Because remember, they really are about 14 minutes each. Yeah. And I wonder how many of the regulars were like, what? I'm not even in this one because Big Red Daddy has to be in it more? Like, <laughs> And the answer to that is yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, I would get rid of Jubilee so Big Red Daddy's just on the team now. But the thing that I can, I, I can tell you exactly what blew me away from when I was a kid that would totally lead to all the way that I watch TV from then on out is... Gene learns that Corsair is Cyclops' dad, mm-hmm. and we learn it. And then Gene flies to the fucking sun and doesn't <laughs> tell him. And now that's just there on the table to be picked up again. Yeah. That was mind blowing for me at the well, time. While Corsair puts them like a fatherly hand on Cyclops' shoulder, we're like, "You're pretty good, kid. I like the cut of your jib. I'm gonna miss my you. wife's dead. Your wife's dead. What if we fuck?" They, they all just stand up and like start announcing people that they miss. Like my <laughs> sister died a long time ago. This isn't about you, Chode, and your dead sister. Taint. 
<laughs> Ryan, what is the most 90s moment to you? Like, I believe that uh, Spider-Man had a hit cartoon show in the 90s that came out roughly after this one, but this is where it all started, when we saw that spider hand, and that's when they thought, oh, let's get some Spider-Man in the animated world. That is, I think we might end up with Spider-Man, I could be confusing it, maybe it's that the X-Men show up in a couple episodes of Spider-Man, but I think Spider-Man shows up for a couple episodes in X-Men the Animated Series. He better, I sort of like... And I don't think this counts. I only like Marvel when everyone is always together. Yeah. Uh, that's very close to mine. Uh, I can't think of a more 90s character than somebody named War Machine, and we're supposed to root for him. So, like, Iron Man, right? Uh-huh. But, like, but like as a War Machine. Like, remember how Iron Man has those two guns? 2,000 guns. He has 2,000 Even guns. Even more guns. And he's a bad guy? No, 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 no. He's a hero. Ryan, biggest gas moment. My biggest gas moment, Mike, was uh, when we go to New York in a cutscene, and who sticks his hand out onto the screen but <laughs> Spider-Man? And I gasped. Uh, that is very close to mine. It was when Warm Storm shit. was saying the Earth is going mad. <laughs> no, it was Sunfire. It was the start of the thing. And I, because, I gasped because not only was like that Sunfire, I went, and I know what's about to happen now. And I was right. It's going to be a montage of other heroes for the nerds around the world. The problem is that they Sunfire was maskless, I guess, so... We could see his celebrity face, but Sunfire has such a dope mask. <laughs> yeah. I, that's why it took me a beat. I was like, is this Sunfire? And I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> if it uh, wasn't, you'd be racist. <laughs> oh, no. Ryan, best use of powers. I think I can already guess <laughs> what it might be. Spider-Man has the power of web whipping, and he does it in this very episode. <laughs> uh, mine is close to that, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> It, it, War Machine blows climate change away with his guns. No, it's Storm. Storm stops the world from destroying itself because of her weather powers while the professor barely gives her fucking any credit. It's crazy how many times I've almost referenced No Way Home in the last four minutes. And it's just because it's not like we're hinting anything close to it. It's not like War Machine is in. It's not like War Machine, my, War Machine is in the off. movie. It's just I want to talk about it so bad, Mike, and you haven't fucking seen it. I respect you for not having done that, and I respect you for not respecting me for not having seen it. Uh, the LVP. My LVP is the animators of the writers for only showing Spider-Man's hand and not more of Spider-Man. Mine Cyclops for, after they sort of barely tried, saying, well, I hate to say it, there's nothing else we can do. No way. That was so ballsy and brilliant. That's a true leader. It's like, well, fuck. Uh, we should probably give up. Let's all kiss Rogue, huh? <laughs> All right, MVP. It's Spider-Man. He comes in there <laughs> when there's a bunch of climate shit going down, and he sticks his hand in the screen He's and whips away. webbing the waves away, I guess. I really don't know what they're doing in that scene. Sunfire is fighting a volcano. Mike, what are they doing? Let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, I texted you this morning before we recorded and said, Spider-Man's in this episode, and you said, what? Yeah. I did not know that Spider-Man was in this episode. Completely missed. Does that make this shirt hacky, Ryan? Am I a podunk fake fan? Mike is wearing a shirt that says Spider-Man was never on this episode of (laughs) X-Men. It finally makes sense. All right. Those are the awards. And that is X-Test for this week. That has been the Phoenix Saga. Ryan, when we come back, you will not be here. It will just be me talking to Jamie Price. How do you feel about that? I love it. Because Jamie said I, for me to not be there. Yeah. Jamie was like, I don't, I don't like that guy's vibe. Jamie is awesome. Jamie, they are a Canadian voice actor. 
Canadian singer-songwriter. I said Canadian once, so now I feel like I have to say it. They have songs about Darren Chris. Uh, they're a lot of fun. Find their stuff on Spotify. Uh, check out the interview. Here. <laughs> Welcome to The Crossover, Crisis on Infinite Songs, the segment where we introduce you to other podcaster types doing cool things in the wide world of nerddom. Today's guest is Jamie Price, a.k.a. Must Be Tuesday. They're an alt-folk electronic musician, podcast voice actor, and co-founding member of Edge Case Collective on Twitch. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. It's great to have you. Did I get all of your myriad of activities that you have your fingers in? Yeah, that's the, that's the main ones for sure. <laughs> the main ones, so that there are more. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know. Let's start with podcasts. We'll start from podcasts and see where we go. Yeah. Uh, Currently, I want to say you're a voice actor on the Land Whale Murders and the Strange Case of Starship Iris just ended its second season. Yeah, just finished uh, second season. So if you like binging things, not listening to them as they come out, now is the perfect time to listen to the first two seasons of the Strange Case of Starship Iris, which I have to say is one of my favorite, one of the most fun projects I've ever been part of. It's so cool. It's... uh. <laughs> yeah, well, what what is it? Let's start with the to to give the listeners. It's a, kind of like a sci-fi comedy. Thing, yeah, I, right? I wouldn't you, I'm call sure it. You could explain it better. I wouldn't call it a comedy. Okay, you know how something like uh, Firefly is about like adventures and it's like actiony and dramatic, and sometimes there are funny lines in. It. Yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's uh yeah, so kind of like that kind of feel, and the characters are very lovable, and they're all criminals, and. Uh, <laughs> Like the first, I'm not in the first episode. I'm in all the other episodes, but the very first episode is only two people. One of them, her ship just exploded, and all, she's the only one left alive of her crew. And she sends out like a signal asking for help, and the person who contacts her, she doesn't know whether to trust her or not, or like, mm. um, like why, why are you helping me? Yeah. Ab- after that, we find out more and more about this crew of criminals. That has saved her life. And uh, meanwhile, the government is evil. And uh, so they have to try and... <laughs> so not of... too much of a fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they have to try and um, sort of protect themselves and others mm-hmm. from this evil government. And in, and the backstory is that there was a war between humans and aliens. Uh, that uh, it's kind of unclear who won and why the war ended. And um, <laughs> That's it's... Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's great fun, and my character is Brian Jeter, who's a translator and a big nerd, and and I love him a lot. He's great. <laughs> so, how did you get involved with the with, with the show? Basically, I saw a call for actors on Tumblr and auditioned. Um, it's the first podcast I ever auditioned for, and I had had no training as an actor. The only reason I had any of the required skills is because of all the music performance I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, where, when you're on stage, you're kind of like doing a character, even if you're not. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Uh, There's definitely a persona. Yeah. Well, and in addition to that, uh, I volunteered for community radio for a number of years. Nice. Um, so, you know, speaking and reading from news articles uh, and fixing problems on the fly while you're live on the air, you know, those are all helpful skills. Totally. <laughs> So uh, I auditioned for Starship Iris, and I got the part, and I was really excited. And then on the basis of that, I got um, asked to audition for other podcasts. Uh, so I've been doing this for a few years now, and I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, because you've been a get, you've been on so many at this point, but I was like, well, that's the main one. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know I was going to start with 
talk about the one that started it all, uh, Brad. <laughs> and so the most recent one that you're regular on is the Landwell murders, right? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm a regular. I'm in a oh, bunch okay. of episodes, and I'm I'm just a little side character. Gotcha. Uh, I don't even have a name. I'm goon number five. I think five. I'm one of the goons. You're one uh, of the goons. <laughs> uh, in this um, another band of criminals. Uh, I keep doing that. I guess. What is it about uh, your personality that makes you people catch you as a criminal? <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, the land whale murders. I don't even know how to describe it. Like the, the tagline is that it's a golden age satire about birders, murders, and a missing whale. Mm-hmm. And it's a little weird. <laughs> and it's yeah, gotta... it's, it's, I've, I jumped around a little and it's out there. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's goofy. And that one's just kind of starting, I think three just episodes, starting. including the trailer. Around. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's like a five minute prologue that just came out and so there's going to be new episodes that are longer than that every wednesday nice very cool and then with doing all this voice acting have you started and it seems like you're into the fictional podcast world which is neat because i've only talked to a couple of people and it's so like the the non-fiction audio which is like feels like 80 percent of podcasting and fiction are kind of almost separate worlds so yeah and it's to the point where people who do Nonfiction podcasts seem to like forget that there right. is fiction podcasts, and uh, and like you'll hear quotes from people about how easy and cheap it is to make a podcast. You're like, and how fast you can do it. Like, no, it takes forever, and it costs money. Yeah. And there's all this. There's writing. There's sound effects. There's music. Like, there's so much that goes into it. It's yeah, it's really different in terms well, of the styles of shows. Were you into audio drama podcasts before you started acting in them? Um, I had heard mostly what I was aware of was, uh, Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't, I know very many podcasts at all before that. Um, but that was a really interesting one. Um, and I, yeah, I love how much you can do with audio. Like Mm -hmm. if you tell people there's a glow cloud, (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to have CGI or anything, You, you know, you can have... You know, like the sound effects of, for example, a plane crash are, you know, so much more accessible to create than the visuals of a plane crash. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Now, uh, stepping back a little, I I got overwhelmed with all the things you're involved in. So I forgot how. What's your nerd origin story? As a kid, what were you into? What like turned you Uh, into all this weird shit? Probably my first comic book show would have been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I nice. love that show. I watched it all the time as a kid. Um, and the animated Batman. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Uh, so those, I think, were the two big ones. Um, and the first Tim Burton Batman movie, mm-hmm. I have to say, to this day, it's still my favorite Batman movie. Like, <laughs> it's just, I, Yeah, it's it's weird and tactile and, and, and makes it's decisions like, nobody should. I feel it's like awesome. it's the exact right mix of silly and spooky for me um and all the new batman movies they're not silly at all and they're just no fun (laughs) yeah they they forgot that this it's it is a dude dressed like a bat it should be a little yeah it should be fun and like nowadays it's like he's just like he's a cop that doesn't obey the law which so we've got enough of those in real life you know and (laughs) but in the olden days Back when I was a kid. Uh... <laughs> and what's interesting, because, like, he, that was such a reaction to Batman 66, right? Burton was like, well, let's make it a little scarier. Yeah. And then 
the 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 Nolan was the his bat verse was like the response to how goofy Schumacher got with it. So mm-hmm. it's like it's supposed to pendulum, but now we just keep going like what if darker? What if darker? What if darker? <laughs> like it needs to you know, I want to see Batmite. Let's get the goofiness out there. Again. Yeah. And like uh I mean, they did for a, a few years there, the Batman movies did get a little sillier as they went along. Mm-hmm. Like Batman and Robin and right. those other ones. Um and I don't but know. I think in the aughts. They I feel like those a couple of them didn't have enough spookiness. Right. Nowadays they don't have enough silliness. You got to have the right mix. So you used to do more alt folk is is what the internet calls what you do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and you're getting more into chiptune electronic stuff. Um Yeah. What what what's that transition been like? Back when I was performing live a lot, it was great fun to do funny songs and make the audience laugh and it was like mm-hmm. the best way to get audience feedback when there was like a light in your face and you couldn't see anyone. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a number of funny songs back then and also just playing an acoustic guitar is super portable. Um Yeah. But uh but nowadays I've gotten really into you know like uh, beepy, you know, NES kind of sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I recently took part in a project uh, called Strawberry Jam, which is a Celeste game jam uh, where people make their own custom levels for the game Celeste. And okay. uh, and I uh, wrote uh, the music for one of the levels in that, which was awesome. Yeah, that was a great project. I loved it. That sounds wild. And and do you think with this, because it seems like with the uh, the electronic stuff and the strawberry jam game project uh and then the voice acting that those are really collaborative versus like you and a guitar is you know a little more solo do you think you're going to figure out find more ways to bring other people into that project if and when you you know i'm not really sure um collaborating musically uh on the internet is it can be a little hard because depending yeah how you do it like you can't it's you can't really jam with people because Mm -hmm. the teeniest tiniest amount of lag creates like a feedback loop of more and more lag as you're listening to them and they're listening to you and so the problem with the amount of time between you builds up and builds up until you're not playing together so yeah it's a tricky thing to do but i'm if i put my mind to it i could probably figure it out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess just like a lot of sending files. It, it couldn't be like live. Yeah, jamming, right? I'll do this section. I'll send it to you. I'll wait for your email. Yeah. Which is, yeah, is like collaborative <laughs> by definition. Yeah. But not not that same spirit of you're right. Like, yeah, you're live for and sure. Bouncing off of each other. Yeah. Um, I want to, because I'm a big fan of Darren Chris, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing uh, based on your song, Stop Being So Fucking Awesome, Darren Chris, that you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what draws you to Chris? Uh, he, he's uh, he's delightful. Okay, so when I was young, uh, my favorite band was Guns N' Roses because because okay. they were you know they were talented and they were really cool. Um, I thought they were awesome, but Axl Rose is such a dick. Like, right? What an asshole! Oh my god! And then yeah, so with with Darren Chris, I kind of realized that a person could be talented and and cool and also really nice yeah and it's just it's like such a relief to be a fan of someone like that <laughs> and not get, you're like i don't think i'll get let down yeah yeah like he <laughs> like he's delightful whenever you know fans want to talk to him and he's uh he gives to charity and he's just you know he's such a good person and he also makes great music and he's a great actor so do you think your song has made its way to him 
Well, yes and no. Um, <laughs> I've one time I uh, I saw him on Broadway. Uh, he was in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I saw that in L.A. with him as Hedwig. It was oh wow, it was great. That's rad. Yeah, I loved it. And I waited outside the stage door to get an autograph, and I gave him a copy of my CD. So whether he's listened to it or not is another matter. But he has yeah. had access to the song. So. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you did all you could. You, yeah, you put it up there. I, I did what I could. <laughs> nice. Let's do this speed round. So how it works is I'm going to ask you a question from our last guest who did not know who the next guest would be. A few questions. And then the last question is you have to ask a question to the next guest who we do not know who it is yet. Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is a question from Dan Morin of Biff, the podcast. Dan says, if you had the power to travel anywhere in the world, where would it be and what would you do there? Oh, and is this part of the speed round? I got to be fast? Yeah. Oh, heck. Maybe with the magic of editing. <laughs> <laughs> um, heck, anywhere in the world. Jeez. I don't want to go anywhere. I like Canada too much. <laughs> maybe uh, a different part of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the secret fantasy Canada that's warm all the time. Uh, <laughs> the tropical Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh. I'm sorry. I suck at speed rounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, you know, we can come back to this one. Yeah. Uh, first nerd thing you bought with your own money. Oh, uh, probably, probably a t-shirt for that Batman movie, the Tim Burton one. And it was like, <laughs> it had like just the logo. And yeah. my dad said, why do you have tonsils on your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like somebody opening their mouth. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> First fictional crush slash current fictional crush. Uh, first one, um, I have no idea. Gosh. <laughs> um, How long ago it was. Yeah, it's been decades. Wow, you're really testing my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a current? Uh, let's say Aziraphale from Good Omens. Okay. That is still on my to-watch list. I <laughs> it's really good. I, I recommend it. it. They're working on season two. Uh, which fictional character do you think you could make into a cake? A cake? Yeah. Kirby. Love it. <laughs> if you could change any TV show by making the lead character a baby, but the plot stays the same, what character would you change? What? <laughs> so a past guest said Rick from Walking Dead, so now it's just a baby with a sheriff's hat crawling around and there's zombies everywhere. No. Wow. Okay. Uh, the Good Place. Okay. Little baby Kristen Bell. Little baby trash bag of a person. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why this baby is so horrible <laughs> that it has to like. I like it. Be in a bad place, but last truly great thing you watched. It's just yesterday I watched the first episode of Altered Carbon, which is like uh, in the future people have backups of their personalities and they can be re-sleeved into a new body when they die. Oh, cool. Um, and it's really interesting. I'm gonna okay. This is gonna be my answer, even though I've only seen one episode, and I don't know how great it's gonna be in the future. But I really enjoyed great the first, first one. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna need you to name a place in the world that is not Canada okay. that you would like to visit. <laughs> okay, um, let's say uh, Japan. Um, okay, nice. I've been learning Japanese, and I really love the language. I feel like I'd do better at learning the language if I loved anime and manga and that kind of stuff. 
Um, but as it is, I just really like learning about like how different the language is from English and how the writing works. And, yeah. uh, and I feel like it would be cool to visit and like test out my language skills, maybe in a few years after I'm better at it. Uh, <laughs> sure. And I mean, even if you went for an extended trip, you, your comprehension will shoot up because being immersed in it. Is yeah, crazy definitely. The more you practice with people who actually know what they're doing, the better yeah. you get. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you do Duolingo? I do. And it's, uh, probably the least helpful thing that I do. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not, it's not terrible, but it's, it's such a tiny part of the, the practice. Right. Like, and I, for years I tried to learn by myself and I didn't get any good until I started taking classes. So. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I do Duolingo for Arabic. This is a thing that I'm ready about that I don't talk about on our show at all. <laughs> I like how language systems work. Yeah. Uh, but I learned Arabic in a school, so Duolingo is like a refresher. Not oh, I can't yeah. imagine learning such a different kind of language like Japanese or Arabic uh, to English from just this little app. Like, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, you're bananas. right. It's better as a refresher. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Question for the next guest. Name a scene from a movie that was done all in CGI that you'd like to see all with practical effects. That is a cool, weird question. Thanks. Do you have an answer for you? Um, mm, no. <laughs> I could maybe think of one. Because like, a lot of the time I feel like CGI is overused. Sometimes, oh yeah. Sometimes practical effects are just are feel more real. They're more immersive. There's weight there. Yeah, yeah. Y- Yoda in the in the early Star Wars versus Yoda in the '90s in the the, mm-hmm. the prequel Star Wars. Right? Yeah, you can, he you doesn't can feel Yoda move. Move right it's during the the whole spinning around and and slicing people up thing. He didn't move. It's just right. noodles. That that's the too much CGI. People just turn into loose spaghetti fighting each other. I'm gonna say the scene from one of those early Spider-Man movies. Um, okay, possibly the first one? Question mark? Where he's like you know, first learning how to sling webs and jump around yeah. from building to building. And it, um, yeah, that's another one where the the body doesn't feel like it has the right weight, you know, right. and the momentum is off. Yeah. He's just loose al dente swinging across the city. <laughs> All right. Uh, final question. This one should be easy. Where can people find your shit, Jamie? If there's one home, where can people get in touch with you? Find everything you do. Mustbetuesday.com. That is very easy. And are you active on Twitter or Instagram or any of that? Yeah, on Twitter, I'm Mustbetuesday. Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, spending an evening here with us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, this is great. Back to you, Cassie. <laughs> Eh? Okay, bud. I thought that you. They never asked you to leave the room. No. That's cool. I think we vibe. So, fuck you. Your interview skills, once again, are only surpassed by mine and Cassie's. That's. You know what? You guys are the best in the biz. We invented the biz. They call you Terry Gross and Mark Marin when you're not around. Is she gross? She's gross. Yeah. And he's Marin. Ryan, let's commercials. Tell people about websites. Well, one website you can go to is yourpopfilter.com. That's our home base that has everything that we produce. So if you don't like podcatchers, 
Um, that would be a thing to do, I guess. Um, also, go to yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon, and there you will find a link that should become your new bookmark. You, there's still time left. Not really. The supply chain and what so yeah whatnot um but there's still time left to get those last minute christmas presents so do it please with the link you'll find on yourpopfilter.com slash amazon while you're there on your computer go to a different website and that's patreon.com slash yourpopfilter what's the best christmas gift you can get your family donate or subscribe yeah subscribe Subs- it's not donate subscribe we to give them things subscribe to patreon in their name you can give it to them you can say like hey look what i did for you uh, I'm going to pay $50 a month for you guys to uh, get scratch and sniff stickers of Ryan and Mike as you get extra content for the show. You'll get extra content. They'll get the stickers, shirts, Mike's- both superhero show show shirts and shirts we've worn on our back, all for the low, low price of $50 a month. My sticker smells like a spatula, and Mike, your sticker smells like a bowl of knives. Bowl of knives. That's patreon.com slash your pot filter. Uh, if you liked this, you should probably rate it, review it, subscribe it, tell a friend all about the Superhero Show Show. Uh, there's other show shows out there you might want to check out. If you like me and Ryan, and we're like, well, what if those guys talked about movies? Uh, that's Movie of the Year with our pal Greg as he is leading us through 1991's best films while we determine the best slash most 1991 movie of that year. If you miss Cassie like we do, you should go over to the Unnatural 20s. Check out them. Just three wacky characters that you cannot believe are real-life human beings trying to figure out how to live their lives with the role of a D20. Hopefully that uh, that dice that they're using will add some years to their 20s soon. Cause yeah. they are running out. We are, and they do not like that we remind them of that. And I can't wait to see what they call the show in a couple years. Uh, at your pop filter on social media. I think that's it. Some really good tweets out there right now. You should check them out. Oh, there's all the quality of these tweets. You can tell we are surrounded by family and do not want to talk to them. Just nonstop four-star tweet after four-star tweet. Instagram, I'm right. not sure. What's going on over there? Uh, I mean, I'd say three-star tweets on Instagram. Three-star, three-star tweets. Okay. <laughs> are you just taking Photoshop or A screenshots screenshot. of our tweets and putting them on Instagram? Yeah, I think that's how you gram. <laughs> uh, Ryan, do you know why I'm excited for next week? Why? Uh, Jesus our Lord was born and we're going to celebrate him okay. you know why I'm even more excited because he came back from birth three days after he was born He, well he he's like actually guys I'm not in the sun now it's the dark Jesus saga and shit got <laughs> wild uh, next week on the show we are reviewing the Hawkeye finale and Spider-Man No Way Home and some random episodes of Super Crook so that's going to be crazy <laughs> what a week and you're not ranking those those are the three things we're doing and they're equally important. We're equally excited about all three. <laughs> Cannot wait to tell you I didn't get to watch Spider-Man No Way Home because I got too sucked up into Super Crooks. Uh, this has been the show. Enough said. Enough said.